to read from Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. And uh, this sermon this morning, well, I'm just believing the Lord to have his way. I'm going to talk to people that need something in their life today. I'm going to give you an infomercial in the middle. And we're all going to pray together as a church today. Believe in the Lord for what he wants to do among us. Amen. So just bear with me. You don't really have a choice. I guess you can get up and leave, but amen. We're going to read Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of Christ that raised up Jesus, that raised, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Now this verse speaks to two things. The latter part speaks to one day you and I, if you have the Spirit of God, just as Jesus rose from the dead and was taken up to heaven, that one day that same thing will happen to you and I. That one day our bodies will be quickened whether we are alive or dead and we will be caught up to meet Jesus in heaven someday. I'm looking forward to that day. I can't wait till he quickens me on that day, till he makes me a little faster than I am now, but when I see him in heaven face to face. But that first verse is where I want to focus on today. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. That there's a spirit that raised up Jesus that's in you today. And I simply want to entitle this this morning. In fact, it's the theme for our Easter service that's coming up in a few weeks. And I'm preaching it today. It's simply this. Rise up. Rise up. Hey man, I want us to pray, but I want us to pray specifically as we go before the Lord right now. I want us to pray that the gift of faith will be stirred among us right now. And I pray that the gift of faith will be stirred to believe for His power to move in this place. And I want us to pray that we would have faith for the harvest that God has in store. I wish you would join with me in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we come before you. Lord, thankful, honored, and privileged to be in this place today. And Lord, we don't want to take this for granted, Lord. We want to give of ourselves to you. And I pray that as your word comes forth, it would anoint, uh, your anointing would be on every ear to hear your word. And that, Lord, you would stir up the gift of faith among us right now. Lord, that you would let something stir within our hearts, within our spirits, within our minds. Lord, that you are calling us to rise up, Lord. And God, I pray that you would give us faith, Lord, in your power, that you are able to do all things. Lord, that you would give us faith for the work that you have in this community, Lord. And what we uh, thank you in anticipation for. Lord, we give you honor and praise and glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We find the words, rise up, or some variation found throughout the entirety of Scripture. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through every one, but there's a few that we begin to find. We find in Genesis chapter 13, and I'm just going to warn you, I don't have much of a preamble this morning, which is beneficial because my notes are shorter. So if you're going to hang around and wait for me to preach, uh, I'm just, I don't have much of an intro. It's just the sermon right now. We're in the middle. (laughs) But we find the words rise up throughout a lot of scripture. In Genesis chapter 13, we find God telling Abraham to arise up and walk throughout the land. And the Lord will give him the land wherever his foot treads. That's a promise that I believe can still hold true for you and I today. That even though we may not tread the land physically, but spiritually through prayer, we can begin to tread the land as we rise up and begin to claim a hold of the promises of God. In Numbers, we read about the travels of the children of Israel. 
we read how they wandered in the wilderness. We, we see all the, the packing up and tearing down. And, and we have such a kinship with the children of Israel right now as we pack up our tabernacle from week to week. But every time the cloud or the fire would begin to move, it was what directed the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness. And if the cloud or the fire stayed, then they could stay there. But if it began to move, then they would have to begin to pack things up. They would have to pack up their belongings. They would have to pack up the tabernacle and the ark would be carried out before them. But the only way that the ark would be carried out before them, it could not go out until these words were uttered in Numbers chapter 10, verse 35. Every time the ark moved, it said, and it came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses would say these words every single time. He would say, rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. Every time the people of Israel began to move, we understand that that God does not really have to be awakened. We understand that he does not slumber or sleep. So it wasn't something for God to remember that he needed to awaken. But every time they began to move, it was a reminder to the people and to Israel that God is going before them, that God is still on their side, that God is preparing the way, that he is the light in the darkness, that he is directing and guiding. And I believe in our situations today that sometimes it's not God that needs to hear the words rise up, but every so often we need to say, and David says it later in Psalm 68, we just need to say to ourselves, rise up Lord just to remind ourselves that God is still on the move that God is still working that God is still faithful that God is still with us and numerous other times we find both people and God arising or rising up throughout the Old Testament and again we're not going to go through them all but we find that when Jesus comes to this earth there goes a cough drop we find that when Jesus comes to this earth I think I should try preaching with the cough drop that would be fun I'd probably die. (laughs) Just about died right there. But we find Jesus, when he comes to this earth, that he continues that theme of arise or rise up when he began his ministry here on earth. And, and, And there's a lot of different ways that you could begin to characterize the ministry of Jesus. A lot of different ways that you could begin to say this is what would sum it up. But I believe that one of those options could be that his ministry could be summed up by the title of this message, simply rise up. That Jesus was in the business of calling people to rise up. He was here to cause people to arise out of their sins. He was here. He came to this earth to call people to arise out of their circumstances. He came to this earth to himself arise and be called to an exalted place to be glorified. And we know that in his very final act of arising, in that final battle, that victory would be won. We know that Satan was defeated when Christ arose. We know that death was conquered when Jesus Christ arose. We know that the grave lost its power when Jesus Christ arose. And in fact, John pens the words in Revelation that really sum it up best in Revelation. 118 Jesus says I am he that liveth and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore amen and I have the keys of hell and of death that sums up what Jesus Christ came to do he came to this earth to die for your sins but he didn't just come for that he came to rise from the dead so that you could arise out of your circumstance so that you could arise out of the death of sin that was a hold of your life so that you could arise out of circumstance and situations 
And it tells me that he's alive forevermore. That tells me when God does something, he does it right. He wasn't just around for a little bit longer. No, he's alive forevermore. When God touches your life, he's going to do it right. When God speaks into your life, he's going to do it right. And he's going to make a lasting impression upon you. And during Jesus' ministry, the the rising up ministry, if you will, was in full swing. We read many times where Jesus called things or people to arise up. We find that Jesus is with the disciples in a boat and a storm comes up. And it says that Jesus arose and he began to rebuke the wind and the waves. One day, there was a man who came that was a paralytic. Well, he didn't come. His friends brought him. And they busted open the roof and they let him down through the roof. And Jesus... Jesus sees the man there and he says, arise, take up your bed and walk. On his death, we see that saints arose out of their graves. He commands Peter's, mo- Peter's mother-in-law to rise up and cook dinner. That's a good reason. <laughs> There's nothing to eat. Why not? Well, Peter says, my mother-in-law is sick. Well, we got to do something about that. You need to get better, get to the kitchen. Well, okay, let's, all right. <laughs> Let's move on. (laughs) But he commanded Peter's mother-in-law to rise up and immediately fever left her body. He commands with the withered hand in the temple, everyone's gathered around. And he tells a man that has a disfigured hand, he says, get up, arise up. I'm going to do something in your life today. He walks into a room after people have laughed and scoffed at him when he said that that girl is not dead. She is just asleep. And he walks into that bedroom in Jairus' house and he reaches down and touches a girl that everyone said was dead and he says rise up he lift he he encounters a man with a demon possessed child and the child begins throwing itself around and some people thought the child itself was dead and Jesus reached down and said arise and immediately the child was whole there's a blind man that's yelling and making all sorts of commotion and finally Jesus recognizes him and says arise and come over here he passes by a funeral procession and there's a widow who is about to bury her only son it's in the town of Nain and he stops that funeral procession right in the middle of it and he reaches down and he says to that boy he says arise up we heard this morning that Jesus goes to a leper colony and there's 10 lepers that leave one comes back and Jesus tells that one arise and be made whole let me tell you Jesus is in the business of making things arise he is in the business of making things new he is in the business of taking messy situations and saying something new needs to rise up something whole can happen in this circumstance and situation the theme continues in the early church we find in Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John are on the way to the temple and they go through the gate beautiful they're arriving there and there's a man sitting by the gate who's lame and he says can I have some money and Peter utters those in uh, famous words silver and gold have I none but such as I have uh, do I give to thee in the name of Jesus Christ what is the man supposed to do he's supposed to rise up and walk Peter finds himself in jail a few 
chapters later and he's sitting there in chains between guards and an angel appears to him and says one thing, get up Peter, you need to arise. Let me tell you today that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. If he caused chains to fall back then, he'll do it for you today. If he caused the dead to rise back then, he'll do it today. If he healed lameness and blindness and demon possession back then, he'll still do it today. If he can calm the storm in the Bible, he'll calm the storm in your life today. He still has the power to rise up. He still has the power to do something in your life today. Oh, come on. Let's give him praise right now. Come on, I'm thankful that he has the power to make a difference. I'm thankful that he has the power to change. But in many of these circumstances, in many of these situations, you may possibly have caught it, is that Jesus Christ contains all the power in himself to do whatever he wants. But many times, he calls upon you and I to participate in the rising up. You'll find in those circumstances that he could have spoke to sickness. He could have just spoke to death. He could have spoke to different things. But very often those words rise up or spoken to people. Because he wants you involved with the work. <laughs> you see, there's something about uh, when, when, I, when I begin to rise up that, that he could do the work. But it might require me to do something. That word rise up literally means to rouse from sleep or from sitting or lying. It means to arouse from disease or even from death. And let me explain to you that that rising up is important because that rising up is a step of faith really. You see, he could have just healed people. He could have just been in the temple that day, and he could have just healed the man who had the disfigured hand. But he wanted that man to stand up, not so that that man could be a spectacle, not so that everyone could laugh and point. But he needed that man to stand up and believe that God could do something in his life. He calls people to rise up in the middle of our circumstances. He calls people to rise up in the middle of their sickness, not to create a spectacle, but he wants you to put some faith into the words that he has spoken you see I can believe that I'm healed (laughs) I can believe that but sometimes I have to rise up and act like I'm healed (laughs) now I know this gets a little we get into a little dangerous territory because you go home and throw away all your pills and do all this stuff you know what I believe God heals people and I believe there's people that can't go home and throw away their pills Now, did I just tell everyone to go home and throw away your pills? (laughs) But let me tell you, if God tells you to rise up, you better rise up in faith and act like he's done something in your life. I may believe that he's done something, but occasionally I might have to rise up to see that my situation has changed. I believe that Peter, those chains were already off of Peter in the prison. But until Peter arose, he didn't know for sure that those chains were gone. He had to arise and look down and see the chains were still on the floor. And there's people in this place that you may believe that God has delivered you. But now God is calling you to rise up and leave that addiction on the floor. To leave that abuse on the floor. To leave that depression on the floor. You may believe that he's done the work, but God is calling you to arise up he's calling you to get up he's calling you to act like he's done something in your life that he has healed you that he has delivered you that he has set you free before the lame man could ever walk at the gate beautiful he had to rise up 
before he could cause that commotion of running and leaping and praising God, he had to rise up first of all. You see, the question for me may not be, is he able? Because I would venture to say that a lot of us in here believe that he is able. And that's a great place to be because you can't, uh, you, you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder, that he can do what he said he's going to do before he'll even do it. So that is a step that you've got to believe that he is able. But maybe the question this morning is, will you rise up today and act like he's able? Will you act like he's able? I'm here to challenge somebody today to rise up in the middle of your circumstance. I'm here to challenge somebody today in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your sickness. Yes, I believe healing is in this place. In the middle of your chains, in the middle of your imprisonment, to stand up and demonstrate in this place that not only is God able, not only is he a healer, not only is he a way maker and a deliverer and a provider, but that he has done it in your life life today. Yes, I believe God can provide today. I believe that God can bring peace in a situation today. I believe that he can make a way today. I believe people can leave this place having experienced salvation. I believe people can leave this place having experienced healing in this place today. (laughs) I've got faith in his power today. There's something else we need to fully comprehend too though. John 14, 17 says, even the spirit of truth Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and he shall be within you. He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. He's he's talking about the Holy Ghost here. Jesus is talking about the Holy Ghost, his disciples. And he says, for he dwelleth with you. Who's that speaking of? The Spirit of truth, who is what? Jesus Christ. And he shall be in you. John 7, 38 and 39, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That living water, he goes on to explain, but this spake he of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. There was something happening in the book of John as Jesus is speaking, and we see the explanation there, that they are feeling the spirit of God around them. They are walking with Jesus Christ, but there is a promise coming that the that that Christ will not just dwell with them anymore, that there is something that will begin to flow out of them, that there is something that will take up residence and begin to dwell inside of them, and it is the power of Jesus Christ. And we come to the verse that we read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, and I read that first part again, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you. This is what John was talking about. This is what Jesus was referring to, that the same spirit that raised up Jesus Jesus Christ from the dead in which we will celebrate here in a few weeks that same spirit is present inside believers here today <laughs> man I don't know what that does to you <laughs> but when I begin to think of how powerful the resurrection is When I begin to think of that moment that Paul says that if we didn't have the resurrection, then what are we doing here today? Why are we sitting here today? Listen to some guy yell back there. Why are we, why did we come to this place to worship? Why did we offer prayers to God if there is no resurrection? There's no point in any of it. And the same mighty power that raised up Jesus from the dead is dwells inside of you, has taken up residence inside of you. 
That same power is in you and I today. That same power possesses you and I today. Can you imagine what power is present in this room? Can you imagine what power to rise up resides just inside of you? Never mind every person in this place. That's why I can declare today there's healing in this place because you are here. That's why I can declare there's power in this place because you've got the Spirit of God inside of you. And the, the oh. I preached, I preached several Wednesdays ago. John the Baptist is talking about John the Baptist in Scripture. And it says that he was the, the, the lowest one in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, as great as he was, as powerful as he was. And do you know why? The one that's here struggling today, that isn't even sure if they want to live for the Lord today, but something brought you here, and you've got the power of God inside of you. That's who that verse is talking to, that you've got more power inside of you than John the Baptist. Because you've got the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead in you. So what is your situation? What is your circumstance in comparison to the power that I have inside of me? What is my sickness in comparison to the power inside of me? What is my problem, my dilemma, my addiction when I have the power of the resurrection inside of me? Oh, come on. God's calling people to rise up. He's calling people to rise up in this place. That means I can speak to my own situation. That means I can lay hands on myself. If you want to do that, that means you don't have to worry if pastor prays for you today or not. Because there's people in this place that have the same power of resurrection inside of them. So I don't care who prays for me today. I don't care who lays hands on me today. Because I know that there's a God who's able. And his spirit resides in each one of them. Oh, I'm here to challenge the body today to rise up. I'm here to challenge the body today. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by sickness or situations or addictions or whatever else. God has given you power to overcome. Now for the infomercial. This Easter, in two weeks, we're going to be having special services here. And our theme, my glasses are steaming up. That usually doesn't happen unless I run that soccer field two or three times and they pull the oxygen out. We're going to be having special services here starting in two weeks. Our theme is Rise Up. It's Rise Up. Brother Nick Mahaney is going to be preaching on Easter Sunday and I'm believing God's going to rise people up. I'm believing for God to do a mighty work in this room in two weeks. I'm believing for it today too, but I'm believing in two weeks that God's going to do something powerful in this place. <laughs> but I do believe, I do believe that if we want to see Jesus... Uh, manifest himself in this place in a powerful way. If we want to see miracles, if we want to see healings, if we want to pe see people set free, if we want to see souls changed by the power of God, that we are going to have to rise up to see other people rise up. <laughs> you see, I, I don't know about you, but this is my mentality, and I would, I would like to, to, to share that with you, and hopefully it becomes your mentality, that in two weeks we're going to be having revival service on Sunday morning. We're going to be having revival service on Wednesday and then Friday and Saturday and Sunday and then Wednesday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Two weeks. 
So just so you know, it's usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's Wednesday, so just come to church on Wednesday like you usually do. Don't, don't, you don't have to worry about that. Then we're going to have service at, at 7 on Friday, and we're going to have service at 6 o'clock on Saturday. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Because I believe God's going to call people to rise up. You see, I'm entering this as I'm thankful for every time I can come to church. I'm thankful for every time I feel the Spirit of the Lord. But if, if we're going to follow the Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord has directed us in a particular form and fashion, then I am not going to enter a revival service. I'm not going to enter Easter Sunday and just be satisfied with just another service. I want to see God do something miraculous and powerful in this place. And that requires not just God to rise up, because just like when the ark was moved, that wasn't for God to say, hey, wake up, we're moving. No, God had already given the order to move. And if you have missed it, God has given the order to move to this church. It's up to you and I to say to ourselves, let's rise up. God is moving. The cloud has moved. The fire is moving. It's time for us to rise up and follow after it. We're going to be having a number of things happen that day. There's going to be no Sunday school at 9.30, but we are going to start events at 9.30. There's not going to be music practice that day. They're going to practice somewhere, some other time. Hopefully, they'll practice some other time. But at 9.30, we want everybody to be here because we're going to have, first of all, we're going to have a petting zoo outside. You know the Lord's going to fall. Well... We're going to have a petting zoo with all kinds of stuff outside for kids. We're going to, and adults too, I guess. We're going to have a picture area set up where people can take selfies and all that kind of stuff. We're going to take this kids' church room, and we're going to have the whole kids' church room as a welcome area. We're going to have coffee and breakfast, not, not, not the breakfast we normally have, donuts, things like that. We're going to have that open in there where we can uh, uh, talk with guests. We're going to have welcome packets. We're going to have all kinds of things. We're going to have that from 9.30 until 10.15. At 10.15, we're going to... Uh, we're going to prepare the, the petting farm for dinner later. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're bringing the fatted calf. I do have to tell you, I have a friend, the pastor's not far from here, and a few years ago they decided they were going to have pictures with little lambs for all the kids that came, and they advertised and everything, and the day before the farmer called him and said, well, coyote got the lambs. <laughs> we told him, why didn't you bring them? Because then it's the lamb slain. Get your picture too. Anyway. But from 9.30 to 10.15, all that's going to be going on. And, and at 10.15, we're going to start making our way in here. And we're going to have our main service at 10.30. And, and we're going to do everything possible to make this a welcoming area. And a few years ago, and, I, and this is not impossible, because a few years ago on an Easter Sunday, and I've tried to figure out how, why, and I'm not sure, really sure what happened, but we had 350 people in this room on an Easter Sunday. There is no reason that we should not have 100-plus guests in this place in two weeks. Let me tell you what, it doesn't matter. It does not matter what message Brother Mahaney preaches. It does not matter how powerful the Spirit of God moves in this place. If there is nobody that needs the Holy Ghost, nobody will get it. I know that's deep and I know that's profound, but I'm not coming here just to have another service. I believe that God has called us to do something, and, and I know it doesn't rely on us. It's not by our might or by our, pow our power. We're going to do all that we can, but I believe the Spirit of God is going to fall in this place, and I'm challenging us as a church to rise up. That God is, I don't just want faith for what God can do in my life, but I want faith to stir up inside of me for the harvest that God has for this community, that God has for this church, that God has for your family that God has for your friends for your neighborhood I'm stirring up faith today for the harvest that God wants to do 
And so we've got flyers that will be made available, postcards and business cards. But I'm encouraging you to, to invite as many people. And I'm getting ready to move on from the infomercial to the rest of this. I'm going to talk about Moses here for just a moment. And I don't like doing what I'm going to do because I'm going to pull some words out of context in this story. That this story is not strictly in reference. But I felt the Lord direct me to these passages when he's calling our church to rise up. As Moses embarks on the journey to fulfill what God has called him to do, the only thing that stands between him, the people of Israel, and freedom is one man, the title of Pharaoh. It's the only one that stands between them. If Pharaoh says yes, the people can go. If he says no, it's back to the Lord. <laughs> and we find that we read later in Scripture that it was actually God that was hardening the heart of Pharaoh. But in Exodus, when we read the account of what takes place, we just read that the heart of Pharaoh became hardened. And he doesn't take well to this first idea that Moses comes to him and says, you need to let all of your free labor go. You know those people that build all these cities and do all the work while you don't have to do it, and they do it all for free? I want you to let them go. He's not too happy about that. And without going too much in depth, we, we read where God begins to send the plagues to Egypt. And he sends a total of ten plagues that unfold across the land of Egypt. There's the water that turns to blood, the frogs, the lice, the hail, and the darkness, and so on. That you can read about in Exodus. And after each plague, we find Pharaoh having some sort of change of heart. Every time in the middle of the plague... He says, okay, this time I'll relent. I'll let you go if you just get rid of the lice, if you just get rid of the frogs, if you just let the darkness go away, I'll let you do what you want to do. And of course, at first you think, well, this is going to be a short story when you read about the water. And after it's turned back, Pharaoh changes his mind. And it becomes a refrain that happens nine times. That a plague happens and nine times Pharaoh says, I'll let you go. And then... He changes his mind once the plague is gone. We find that the first three plagues are plagues of inconvenience. It's a little inconvenient to have frogs everywhere. I mean, it's not going to kill you, but it's pretty inconvenient. Just imagine backing out of your drive. Okay, don't imagine too long. But the next three plagues, they start the actual destruction upon the land of Egypt that Egypt now begins to experience not just inconvenience of the water turning to blood and frogs in the land, but destruction begins to happen. And before each of these three, we find the voice of God. This is something different where God is, we, we know that God has spoke to Moses, but before each of these next three, that the voice of God speaks directly to Moses and it gives him these words, this directive. It commands him to rise up. In fact, it tells him to rise up early to meet Pharaoh when Pharaoh first leaves the palace, that Moses is to rise up. And Moses does. And I want to say that I'm thankful for people who listen to God. I'm thankful for people who listen to the voice of God. And there are people throughout this congregation, many, many people, that when God speaks to you, you do answer. When God begins to talk to you, you do respond. When God begins to tell you to rise up, that you are not uh, uh, ignoring God, but that you do follow after His voice. You do hear His voice. You do something of what God has told you to do. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> it's good to have people that listen to God and do what He says. 
I'm thankful for people that have heard God speak to you to go do something in our community, to go witness to somebody at work, to speak to somebody on the job, at school, wherever it may be, who feel a call to reach out. And, and, and to the many people who do those things that are involved in outreach programs and to the people who aren't involved in a program, but every day you let your light so shine before men that every day at the store you're not afraid to talk to somebody. At work you're not afraid to say that I'm going to pray for you that I'm going to do something on your behalf because God has called us to that. But many times, just like Moses, just as Moses was called to rise up and he obeyed the voice of God, and I know there's people in this place that you've heard the voice of God and and you felt it was the moment, you felt it was the time that this will be the time that I ask this person or talk to this person and and it's all going to happen. I I know they're going to come to church this week. But just like Moses, your words seem to fall on deaf ears. Sometimes we see progress and we've had those, we have those victory reports and we say, man, they started asking questions about this and it was just great. And then the next time you see them, just like Pharaoh, their circumstances changed. Maybe they had a problem and it's not there anymore. And just like Pharaoh, I don't know now. <laughs> and it's disheartening. Feels like all progress is lost. But I'm thankful again for every person that keeps inviting. I'm thankful to every Moses that on the first time that God says, rise up, you go talk to Pharaoh. That on the second time, even though Pharaoh changed his mind, you get back up when God calls and you go talk to someone. And even the third time when you know the last two haven't done anything, I'm going to still invite that person. I'm going to still keep being faithful in my witness. I'm going to still do what's right. I'm going to live what I know is right wherever you may be at work or school or family. I'm thankful for being faithful to God, even though there may be no progress that you keep doing what God has asked you to do and to you I say keep listening to God keep obeying God keep following his voice because Galatians 6 9 says let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not let me tell you that there is a reaping coming for your faithfulness that there is a harvest coming for every time that you have followed the voice of God even though it seems like there's no progress and it's going backwards that God is bringing a harvest to your life you're going to reap a harvest because of your faithfulness it's a promise and I'm closing we find the plagues continuing until we get to the most horrific of plagues the tenth plague the death of the firstborn really there could be nothing more tragic to fall, to happen in someone's life than for a child to die, the death of a firstborn. We find that there's directions given to the Israelites, and I'm not going to go into detail about it. Simply put, that God gave them directions, and He told them to do, to put blood around the doorposts. And He also told them to prepare a meal, and then He said, I want you, you're going to stay up all night. And all the young people were like, yes, lock in. And all the parents were like, are you kidding? 10.30? <laughs> and he said, not only do you have to stay up, I want you to be dressed and ready to go. <laughs> you can't even go home and get in your jammies and stay up all night. 
You got to stay dressed in your Sunday best. He said, I want you ready to go. You know, when you're getting ready to go on vacation or a trip, you got the bags by the door. You're ready to go. You say, tomorrow we're leaving at 7 o'clock. Come 9 o'clock, you're still there. (laughs) He said, I want you to have your bags packed. That as soon as I say go, you can pick up your stuff and go. And you gotta, you got to sit on the edge of your chair basically all night waiting, ready to go. And I believe that's what God's told this church. I believe God has been getting us ready to go. He's been doing stuff in our own lives personally. He's been sorting things out. We've, you know, before you leave on a trip, all the details you got to take care of because while you're gone, you can't pay that bill and you don't want to mess with this and you got to handle this. I think God's been helping us handle some situations in our life. Does that mean it's all perfect? No. But I think he's been calling us, hey, you need to get ready. You need to get your bags packed. You need to get your dressed, ready to go. You need to have your family ready because I'm fixing to do something in this community. I'm fixing to do something in this area and if you're not ready you're going to miss it so you better get ready to follow after what God is about to do and in the moment of tragedy in Pharaoh's life in the, his worst possible moment that that anyone could imagine we find that something happens that has never happened before. Moses has gone before Pharaoh. There's been, there's been all kind of things that have happened. There have been plagues taking place. But something happens that has never happened before. And in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 30, we find these words. And Pharaoh rose up in the night. The night symbolizes the darkest time of Pharaoh's life. He and all of his servants and all of the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. And here it is. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night. And he told Moses, rise up. Oh. Never before had Pharaoh called for Moses to rise up. God had told Moses to rise up. He told him three times and Moses had obeyed. But never before had had Pharaoh called upon Moses and said, Moses, I want you to get up. Let me tell you, Egypt is a type of the world. There's a world that's crying for you and I. And I hear the call of the harvest saying to you and I, church, it's time to rise up. Church, it's time to get up. There's people hurting. There's people in need. They're in their worst possible moment. And the only place they know to look is to the church. I'm here to challenge you. Rise up. There's a world that needs you. There's a harvest that needs you. Oh, I'm thankful for every person that's listened when God spoke. But I'm telling you, there's a voice crying out now in the night. There's a voice crying out now in our society. There's young people that are saying, I don't know which way to go. And they're looking for young people in their school to rise up. There's people on your workplace that you don't even know what's going on in their life. But they are in the middle of the night. And they are rising up saying, would you rise up, church? I need something from you. Circumstances begin to happen. And God is calling and the world is calling to the church we need to rise up in this hour come on he's prepared us to rise up he's called us to rise up we've got our bags packed we're ready to go it shouldn't be a shock that the world needs what you have the only question we have to answer is will you answer the call of the world today 
I know there's a cry because I see the confusion present in our world today. I see all the pain and the heartache. I see where the world is at. I see where people are at. And they call it identity. They call it all kind of things. But spiritually, what I hear is simply a cry going forth that says, will somebody rise up? Where is the church? Moses was the deliverer. Where is a deliverer that will rise up, that will help us in the middle of the circumstance? Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. It says, in that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, to rise up. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I pray, church, that you know what time it is. I pray you know what time it is today. Come on, we've heard preaching for months that God has been preparing us. And I'm telling you that now is the time, that it is high time. If you were ever going to wake up out of sleep, if you were ever going to shake off whatever has been bothering you, if you were ever going to say, it's my moment to get involved, it's my moment to invite someone. I know you may have invited them once, twice. You may have invited them multiple times. But I'm here to challenge you before. See if you hear the cry one more time. And I'm challenging you. Invite them one more time. Get involved in their life one more time. Because a world is calling. It's time now. As we stand this morning. I feel a challenge in my spirit today. I feel a challenge in my heart today. Again, this doesn't mean that you've missed the voice of God before because Moses, he hadn't missed the voice of God. He'd done exactly what God had called him to do. But if you could stop spiritually for a moment, if you could listen spiritually for a moment, Not only might you hear the voice of God telling you to get everything together, get the blood applied to your life, get your family in order, get things together because it's time to move. But in the middle of all that, maybe you hear another voice. Maybe it's those in your family that they know where you go to church. They know what you believe. They know what you stand for because you've told them time and time again. And you thought you've seen progress. And then all of a sudden their heart's hard. And I'm here to challenge you. See if you hear their voice one more time. I'm here to challenge you to ask one more time. I'm here to challenge you to ask those at school. Maybe they know or they don't know what you believe or where you go to church or or what goes on in your life. I'm here to challenge you. There's young people crying out. And they need what's in this place. I know it's not relegated inside these four walls. I understand that. But I'm challenging you, and I'm being specific about it. On Easter Sunday, they need to be in this place. I'm asking you one more time. Invite one more time. Bring one more time because there's a world that's crying out today. I want us to pray right now. Lord Jesus, I pray that your spirit would do its work right now. Lord, your word is in this place. Lord, I pray that it would find its mark in our hearts and lives today. 
Lord, I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear your voice, God. Lord, that you are speaking things to us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear our community crying out, Lord. Our friends crying out. Our neighbors crying out, God. Our family crying out. Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear again. Lord, sometimes we even grow deaf to it, God. But Lord, I pray that you would open our ears again because you have called us to be ready to go. We know that it is high time. We know that you are calling us now. We feel it in our spirits, God. We see it around us, Lord. And God, I pray that you would help us to hear the voices crying out in our lives today, God. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do you realize that if they had not heard the cry of Pharaoh, that if they had not risen up when Pharaoh said, rise up, that the blood would have been of no effect. It would have protected them from the from the angel of death but if they had not heard the voice of Pharaoh all that God told them to do I hate to say it would be wasted but they would have still been slaves the next day their promise depended upon them hearing Pharaoh's voice I get so caught up in my own circumstances that who knows that if I could hear the voice of someone that is crying out for the church to rise up, for me to rise up in their life, who knows what promises would come to pass in my own life. Yeah, you've been reaching your kids for a while and they don't listen to you. But maybe that person at work, they're crying out for something and, and someone and you reach them. Maybe your promise gets fulfilled in a way you never expected. Who would have thought that Pharaoh would have been, his words would have been the very cause of the promise coming to pass. I want us to pray specifically this morning. I want us to pray first of all, and I know this can be something that just is, is a prayer we throw away, but I want you to get a person, it can be more than a person. Well, more than a few people, let me say it that way. That didn't make sense. I want you to get somebody in your mind, and we're going to pray this morning for that person. And we're going to pray, and, and I, I, I want, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get a person in mind that you are willing to ask to come to church in two weeks. I know we should invite them all the, all the time. I get that. But in two weeks, I want you to pray for someone that you know that you're going to leave this place and invite in two weeks. I want you to get that person in your mind. And we're going to pray together. Every single person in this room has someone they can invite. Everybody. And we're going to pray that the Lord would open the door, that he would soften the heart of that person. Now, we're not going to call out all the names in some big list, but I, we're going to pray here in just a moment. I want you to pray for that person. Lord, that you would give me the door. Lord, that you would soften their heart. I don't care if you've asked them 50 times before. I want you to do it one more time. I want us to join together in prayer right now. Come on. Let's pray for those cries that are coming up. In the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, God. Lord, we come before you in faith. Lord, with nothing doubting. Lord, we are believing you, God, for the harvest. And Lord, you see people that their names are being called right now. That there have been possibly years of watering, of sowing, 
of planting involved. And Lord, I am believing you for a harvest, Lord, that you are preparing hearts right now, God. Lord, that you would open doors in people's lives. Lord, that you would soften hearts right now, God. Lord, that you would allow people to be receptive. Lord, that you would bring conviction to hearts right now. Oh, come on, I wish there would be a cry go up for somebody today. Come on, I wish somebody would pray for a lost soul that's on your mind today. Come on, I don't know what you came in this place expecting, but I'm challenging you right now. Let a cry go up for a lost soul right now. Come on, there's somebody right now that needs deliverance. There's someone sitting at home right now, and I pray that I can hear their cry, that they're wondering where their hope is. They're wondering in the middle of the night how they can ever get out of this situation. Lord, open our eyes to see. Lord, open our ears to hear. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, let's keep praying for another moment. Come on, I'm believing God to do something. I'm believing for Him to do something mighty. I'm believing for Him to do miracles. I'm believing for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm believing for people to be baptized, to be set free, to be transformed by the power of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to be satisfied. I need to see God move. I need to see Him have His way in this community. we're going to do something else now I just felt to do this Brother Mahaney's coming and he's a and and we're going to to pray for two more things here just so you know you can count them down on your fingers he's coming he's a he's a backslide preacher's kid backslidden preacher's kid he turned away from truth he should be in prison right now and he is a testimony of God's grace and mercy we have people in this place that have come in under his ministry who have turned away from God that are in this room right now. I'm thankful for that. And there's people throughout this, throughout this room right now that you, you walked away from God and God through His grace and mercy brought you back to this place right now. And I felt very compelled. I, I, I'm talking about immediate family, so I'm talking about parents, spouses, children. Because every single one of us probably knows somebody that's served the Lord and walked away. But I'm talking very specifically that you have parents, that you have a, a spouse, that you have children that have turned away from God. Now, now I'm going to have you come up and we're going to pray for you in just a moment. But here's, here's the caveat. <laughs> I want you to come and stand in that person's place if, if you're willing to invite them in two weeks. That's the caveat. I know you may have asked them 50 times before. I know just like Moses, you may, man, this is the eighth time. He ain't, I don't believe it. There ain't no progress. You know what? This water's going to turn to blood. There's going to be lice. And you know what? Next day, lice will be gone. Thank goodness. I'm glad that's gone. He's just going to go back. I don't care. It's not about whether... If they say no, that's fine. That's between them and God. But you are going to commit to that person that you are going to invite them to Easter Sunday. I don't care if they go on the recording. I apologize. I don't care if they go to another church. I don't care what the situation is. 
that you're going to stand in the gap for that person to be here Easter Sunday and you're going to commit to invite that person. I'm inviting you right now to come. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you and we're going to pray for the person that you're standing in the gap for. If you have parents, a spouse, children, they've turned away from God. In our vernacular, they've backslidden. And you're going to stand in the gap for them. 